0: the Center for Minorities in the Mathematical Sciences presents Mathematically Uncensored.
1: Where our talk is real and complex, but never discreet. Hey everybody, welcome to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex, but never discreet. I'm Dr. Eris Winger, I'm with my co-host, Dr. Pamela E. Harris. How are you? Hi,
0: Eris. I'm doing great, how are you?
1: Great, I am completely nerve-wracked as we have struggled to get this started, but I'm happy we have gotten this started. Yeah, I, I, I'm just so happy to be here with you.
0: Yeah, I think this is just a reminder that we're mathematicians and not sometimes the best at technology. And so I'm just excited to be here and get to share with you.
1: We're not audio engineers. That's right. We
0: are not <laughs> audio engineers.
1: But yes, over the next 35, 40 minutes, whatever, however long, we're going to talk to you about the center that's coming up. We're going to talk to you about what this podcast is about. We're going to talk to you about all sorts of things. We got different segments we're going to talk about. And let me just say that it is just an honor to share this space with you, Pamela. I mean, you're a legend now, a legend in the making, and really to share this time with you, you know, we're going to run this every two weeks ambitiously. And to really be here with you is is just completely worth it.
0: Listen, the feeling is super mutual. Having met you has changed my life. I try to have a positive outlook to begin with, but I think just being surrounded by good people like you has just made me appreciate so much my mathematical community. And so thank you. I am thrilled to get this opportunity to work with you. Let's say a little bit about ourselves because, I mean, you know, you call me a legend, but let's get real. Some folks don't know me and they don't know you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's right. And that's what's that's the other thing. You know, when we send out the advertisements for this, some people will come to hear me say something. Some people will come to hear you say something and then. There'll there'll be some cross understanding from people who have not hurt us, right? right. So you can go ahead first. Yeah. Okay.
0: Excellent. So Pamela Harris, I am a newly tenured professor at Williams College. Yes. 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 So I feel like I need to say that with that tone, and someday we'll talk about why the tone is there. And uh, I'm originally from Mexico, grew up in Wisconsin, did basically all of my schooling in the in a five mile radius from like middle school to PhD. And I've been working at primarily white institutions since I graduated. And so that's been quite the experience. And I've started doing a lot more work in mentoring students and doing some professional development with you and with our uh, third partner in crime, Dr. Michael Young. And, and I'm excited about the show, but, but tell me about yourself, Eris, and then we can tell them about the show.
1: Yeah, I'm Eris Winger. I'm originally from Washington, D.C. I was born and raised there. I went to Howard University for undergrad and then to Pittsburgh. It was the first time I had moved away from home, was for graduate school. And um, after that, I ended up at a couple of teaching institutions at Emory & Henry College after graduate school. And I'm at Georgia Gwinnett College now, and I've been there for 10 years. So, yeah. Wow, that's a good milestone. So, yeah. That is, I know. And then, um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of professional development outside of that uh, for equity in the classroom and stuff like that. So I'm sure I'll mention all of that stuff as, you know, as we go on. Yeah, for sure. So what are we doing here?
0: That is a great question. I feel like we need to give the <laughs> syllabus for our that's right. <laughs> uh, mathematically uncensored podcast. So that's right. when we were Thinking of what this podcast would be, for me, the thing that was really important was to center people. We live in this community of mathematicians where mathematics is always centered, and we tend to ignore that mathematics Mm. gets done by people. So part of what I would want folks to expect from our podcast is real talk. I mean, that's our bite, right? Like, real and complex talk, and and we're going to be... Honest, and I think really there's going to be times where we're going to get emotional. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been yes. on events with you and webinars where I'm like crying half the time. I think, yeah, you and had me, record, right? It was like two minutes in, two minutes in one time, <laughs> and I was already crying,
1: right? right. Um,
0: and so, I think that's what people should expect to really hear from us what it's like to be a mathematician of color, to be mm, unrepresented mm. in the STEM fields. And what that trajectory is like and for us to have these deep and meaningful conversations about how we uphold each other and how we uphold our community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I echo all of that and also add that it's also a space, you know, in the, you know, Toni Morrison helped me to realize about particular writing that I had read before. So she was talking about Chinua Achebe in terms of him writing Things Fall Apart and how that was the framework for which she wanted to write in a space in which she wasn't writing for certain people to understand what she was saying. She was writing in a way that she wanted her people to understand. Mm. And so I also think that this is a space where I hope that, you know, people of color and marginalized people in general can come and listen and hear themselves exclusively without any want or need to be seen by other people right so yeah i'm excited that this is a space where we just get to talk about issues for people of color um and that's what it's about right
0: yeah yeah Um,
1: absolutely centering that
0: yeah i'm super excited about that i it reminded me of when i was a graduate student i used to practice capoeira which is a Brazilian, it's actually a a mixed martial art, but it was always disguised as a dancing ritual, right? Like you're dancing, but in fact, what you're doing is you're strengthening your body and getting ready for a fight. And for for me, I feel like this podcast feels a little bit like that, right? Like we're here, um, we're not disguising anything in some sense, but just making the space for us to have these conversations without the need to feel like we need to censor ourselves yes. in these spaces. And so I, I love the title because of it.
1: And that's, that's in a lot of ways what the center is about, right? That uh, minoritymath.org is the website and you can go there and that is the aim. It'll be, I think by the time that people hear this, it will have launched. So it's there, it's up for you to take a look at. And it is, I mean, in a lot of ways, this podcast is going to be a reflection of those goals to really create a space that's unfiltered so that we can say the things that need to be said in our communities in general and not have it filtered at all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So
1: minoritymath.org is the place to go.
0: Yeah, and so maybe we want to talk a little bit about some of the segments that we have planned. And so I know one that that I'm really excited about is what we've titled Chisme, 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 which is just basically us talking about professional gossip. And so chisme in Spanish yes. is gossip. And so I'm really excited about that because I find myself sometimes missing some of the secret menu, you know, like I, I don't come from mm, academic mm. parents or an academic family. I'm first gen. And so I'm like, wait, what? what what's the profesio- professional chisme that I need here to make sense of what's happening around me and how I can advance in my career? Yeah. And so that's one of the segments that we have and I'm excited about.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, we're doing one that's competing perspectives where we'll each take a side of a hot topic and just try and talk it out and figure out where the challenges are, where we're bumping heads. So maybe we make some progress on the debate or maybe we, we make no progress at all. And you all help us out as listeners. Our email address is mu at minoritymath.org.
0: That is correct. mu at
1: minoritymath.org. Yeah, Yeah, I'll get that way smoother in the next few podcasts. Yeah, for sure. mu at minoritymath.org. So when you hear the competing perspectives or anything else, just let us know know, how we can do that better or what your perspective is. uh, And that's really going to help us out.
0: And then we also have some other segments, which are, right now we don't have quite the name for it, but the concept is there. We want to talk about quotes of the week. And for me, I think this triggers so many of our deep conversations we've been having over the summer and over some of the work yes. that we've been doing. Somebody yes. will say something to us, and there's times where I will just rant for an hour to anyone that will listen about a particular quote that somebody said. Yeah. And so I'm excited for us to reflect on, on those quotes and just kind of dissect maybe what is wrong or what is positive about these statements that we encounter As people of color in the mathematical sciences.
1: Yeah. And this would be one of these things now where, you know, I had the honor of hearing some of these rants. But then what will happen is I'm going to say, save that for the show. Just save it for the show. Save it for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So just save it for the podcast. It is. It'll be that type of gold, right? So Yeah.
0: And then you want to say something about this community spotlight?
1: Yeah. I mean, we definitely want to highlight community goings on. So... It's in direct line with what we want to do at the center. So, yeah, we will be spotlighting elements of the community uh, as we go along through the weeks and the podcast.
0: And then we will try to rope in at the end this mailbag. We definitely want to hear from listeners what is going on, what quotes maybe that you have or something that you might like us to, to talk about in, in the professional gossip segment or maybe you have an idea for some competing perspectives. We're super interested in hearing yeah. from listeners because really we want you to feel like this is your podcast. This is our community's way to really yes. just highlight what's happening and have these deep conversations. And so we'll, we'll let you email us again. So that was mu muadminoritymath.org. We're, we're eager to get your emails. Eris, Absolutely. let's talk yeah. to them about this center. I'm so excited
1: yeah i mean minoritymath.org go there i mean the mission is about people i mean look the word minorities in the title so it is centered around particular people who too often have been marginalized uh you know in a lot of ways 2020 has been a crazy year Mm -hmm. but in terms of the work and you'll see this on the front page if you haven't already seen the letter from the director You'll see that, you know, although 2020 has been a wild year, this is also going to be the year in which we grab back our voices. Yes. In mathematics, in which we are going to decide to speak for ourselves, unfiltered in a web space that we pick, we choose, we judge, we decide. This is us, yes. right? And we get to pick it, we get to decide it. And let me just be clear this is not to insult anybody else or what anybody else is doing, right? Because there's always this type of, when we decide to do something for ourselves, other people get insulted. Other people Mm get like, oh, you're you're trying to leave us out. Or what did we do to you? We're not saying you did anything to us, even though we could. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: we are saying that this space is one in which, you know, and by the way, this helps us and this helps the whole discipline. That's right. Of mathematics, right? And so... Um, you know, the short version is For Us, By Us. That's right? right. And really in terms of trying to, yeah, in terms of trying to get our voices out there. And so I fully expect, and I've been pushing Michael about this a lot, is that you'll see some things at this website, you'll hear some things on this podcast that you just won't hear anywhere else. It's because Pamela and myself and Michael are about telling the truth as hard and loving and challenging as possible. And so Your job as listeners is to hold us to that so that when you're listening to this thing and you hear us try and take the political way out or Mm. you go into the website and then you see some stuff that you see at other places that's a little bit too soft and not really hammering home what the point really is, you got to email us, let us know because it's got to be a place where authenticity reigns.
0: I agree 100%. And let me tell you, what really, for me, solidified the need to have this Center for Minorities in Mathematics. You and Michael were part of also the, the workshop. So there were these two AIM workshops that happened during a concurrent week at so AIM, so the American Institute for Mathematics. Uh, so thanks for the funding, friends. And it yes. was about being minority in math. Right. And so we had the workshop where black mathematicians gathered to discuss some of those pressing issues within the community. And then your Latinx peers also joined hands later on that week. And we were just sitting there talking about, like, what is it that our community really needs? And then we realized, wait, we split up into two groups, but there was a deep, deep need for us to come together and to Mm -hmm. really just. Yes figure out a way to address common challenges. And then also figure out a way to highlight challenges that might be different for both of our communities. And so for me, that was something that was about bringing a collective of people together to have those really difficult conversations. And from there, I know in our Latino network workshop, we discussed a lot the need to have a national organization who represented Mm. Latinx and Hispanic folks in math. There isn't one, right? Like Latisums, so L-A-T-H-I-S dot org, started out as a website for Latinos in math to highlight the visibility of the work that folks were doing. But at the same time, it's not an organization yet. And aside from that, there wasn't anything. And so for me, the center was this, you know, almost like a unicorn, like this unicorn idea Mm that could house all of the parts of us that are being done outside in the community. There's so much work. You're pointing this out, right? Like there's so many of us doing so much work and we need a house. We need an umbrella. We need something that is going to keep us all nice and cozy and warm and together. And for me, that was the idea of the center. And so I'm so excited that it is live. For people that are listening to the podcast, again, the, the website is MinorityMath.org, and we are here.
1: That's right. And go ahead and follow us on at Minority Math. In a lot of ways, we'll be following ourselves, right? Because this is um, this is a website that we want everyone to be a part of and joining. Uh, so subscribe to the blog, the podcast, and to the point that we want it to be a home, there's a database yes right? Where we can go ahead and put your profile there so that you can let people know what you're doing and that people can come to the website and search a particular area that you um, specialize in and that can find you, right? Or that I may want to go in and maybe I'll need to find a numerical analyst or someone who's working on equity in the classroom um, as well. And then, you know, I might find you and we might be able to collaborate or you can find me or Pamela or Michael. So the database is there for us to really be housed um, so we can find each other and collaborate and be more of a community. Yeah,
0: that's right. I also remember this conversation from those workshops at AIM. How do people find a Black mathematician, like you said, who works in numerical analysis? Because you get this, you know, you get this kind of crap all the time. I mean, like real talk, right? Oh, I don't know any. Uh, Are there any... Latinx mathematicians who work in yes. combinatorics. And I'm like, uh, hello. Yes. Like, young yeah, girl. Right. Like, email me. Email my friends. And so it's, you know, okay, so how do you break out of that bubble that people have, right? Like, yes. they know who they know. And maybe they know their friends' friends. But at the yes. end of the day, there's a whole other community, another set of people that people are completely unaware of. And so we need to stop with those excuses that there isn't enough of us. Like that, that, you know, this is the only mathematician, add some adjectives to that. And so for me, this this database is something that also, you know, organizations or somebody who's looking to organize a panel, a workshop, uh, you know, special school on numerical analysis or whatever the case may be. If you want to diversify who you invite, this is the place where you're going to find a lot of us. But we need folks to come and fill out your profile. And so, you know, swing on by the website and make sure that your profile is up to date, and you add one.
1: That's right. Yeah. No, I got to go in and add some stuff too, right? I think, in a lot of ways, that's a place where I just want to ball out. Like, I feel like my social media presence isn't as big as it should be, and like this is going to be a jump off for me to really just write everything that I'm doing in this space. In a lot of ways, this is a coming out party. Mm. Right. It's just like, look, I'm doing this, 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 this. Yeah. You know where to find me, right? MinorityMath.org. Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah. It's coming home. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we're circling around the same thing, right? It's like, it's supposed to be yeah. our home. This is where we live. Yes. And so I'm super excited to see that grow. And also we want people's feedback, right? We currently on the website, yeah. we have some stock photos. Listen, none of us are traveling, you know, so it's not like I can be right. like, "Eris, let's meet at math Fest. Oh, wait, no, it got canceled because uh, coronavirus. So we can't right. like hang out and take pictures, but there's folks that have tons of pictures of themselves, of other minority folks out in the math community. And so we're looking for your pictures. We want to feature you on the website. So if you have any, please send it to us at org. Absolutely, yeah, that that would
1: be great.
0: So I think we might be ready now for our first deep segment of competing perspectives.
1: That's right. (laughs) I'm really excited. (laughs) So so we have this idea of thinking about as we get into the math discipline, right, about we all know these two tiers, right, of the research position and then the teaching position and trying to figure out where we best suited to be for our people and for ourselves. So we're each going to take a stance on that, talk it through, uh, try and figure out where we can get through this back and forth. Yes. What side are you on, Pam?
0: Well, I got assigned a side. I, I was actually very happy that I got okay. assigned a side. And so <laughs> okay, good, my good, side. Good, good. And at the end, we'll discuss what we actually think. But, you know, I'm excited to, to okay. fight it out. I said, you know, at the start of okay. this segment, we're going to have boxing what is it? The, the, you know, the ring, the bells at the start ding, ding, of a boxing ding. match. That's
1: right. <laughs> and so, you know, That's right.
0: we're, we're going to have like ding, ding, ding. Here we go. Round one. Yeah. So I am yeah. pro research position. And so here's why. Quick story. I get my PhD from the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, 2012. One year later. So, yeah. Wow. I can't believe it was a year later. It was a year later. I was in my postdoc position at the United States Military Academy in West Point. And I returned to my alma mater, Marquette University, and I got a summer gig teaching incoming freshmen. They were all students from upper bound. So first gen, minority, um, my people. And I begged and borrowed from the chair of the department at the time at Marquette. I said, hey, I need an office. Like I'm here, I'm crashing on my mom's couch. Like I need an office. Can you lend me a little corner somewhere? And he did. And so I was spending all of my time preparing material for trig and calculus. And I mean, I was doing all of the teaching thing, you know, and full time, maybe full time and a half. And it was late at night. It was like 8 p.m. or something. And I'm still there prepping for the next day. And the chair of the department comes in and he says, Pamela, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. I'm preparing all this stuff for my students to teach. And then he said, wait, it's summer. Shouldn't you be doing research? And I said, no, no. So you don't Mm. understand. I am going to make a difference in my community. I am going to teach the students. I'm going to show them that they too can be mathematicians. Now, let me tell you what he said that changed my life. He said, oh, let me get this straight. So you're going to show them how to be a mathematician by being a teacher.
1: Mm. Not by being a
0: mathematician. Mm. Yes. Eris, he done slapped me upside my head. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, no, wait. Yeah, you're right. How am I going to look at these peeps every day and be like, you can be a mathematician, but I am not doing my own research. And so my trajectory changed. And so since then, I'm like, we need our people in these research one positions because the only way we're going to get more PhD mathematicians is by having more PhD mathematicians.
1: Mm, mm, mm. And so yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. need to
0: push. We need to push this research out. We need to be doing it in every field. We need to be leaders. We need to get it done. We don't go get these PhDs in math to not be doing math.
1: Mm, mm. That's powerful. That's powerful. I would offer my own story is tied to James Donaldson, who has recently passed away, but I think it's going to be honored at the JMM this january and so i had the honor of having him to be my mentor at howard and when i was in on the first day of real analysis he walks in to the classroom and it was there where i realized that oh this oh my goodness Mm. Mm. (sighs) this is who i'm trying to be right that's Mm. who i'm trying to be right so when I see a black man come in and have complete mastery over real analysis, no notes, nothing. He was like, here's what real analysis, real analysis is about. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, that, that's who I'm trying to be. And, and I guess the point I want to make is that at the time he was presenting to me as a mathematician. But at the time he was presenting himself to me as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that his teaching of me was the thing that made me want to become a mathematician. Like I, as a Mm. student at the time, did not know how many papers, like I didn't even know anything. I'm a a sophomore at the time and I'm just taking his class and I don't know about how many papers he had written. I don't know about what journals or anything like this. I saw this teacher who was teaching me and I was like, I want to become a mathematician. So I think that there's something about the possibility, particularly if we have our PhDs in mathematics coming out and only going to R1 Mm -hmm. institutions, then there's this huge swath of liberal arts colleges who have people who can become mathematicians who don't get to see us.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? If we all go to Iowa State, you know, Ohio State and so forth, these big places, then, yeah, what happens at a Williams? What happens at um, Georgia Gwinnett College, right, when we got some diamonds in the rough there, right, Mm -hmm. that need to see me and need to see, right, so... The debate really is, where are you wanting to impact people, right? So yeah, I'm down for, there's a lot of possibility in being a teacher. And also, you know, being a teacher means that doesn't preclude you being able to do research, right? And Mm so just trying to find, you know, this, this balance. But I'm all for, let's go ahead and teach, right? Because it's there that you can really impact, and when you focus on teaching, really impact the next generation of mathematicians.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing that I'm struggling with. Let's go ahead, yeah. pull up a web page, blank page, mm. Google, and put mathematician. Like, yes. our pictures don't show up. My friend, you yes. know who's gonna show up. Yes.
1: Oh, so, I know that, yeah. You yeah. know
0: what I'm saying? So it's like, when when we think of the word mathematician and I close my eyes, yes. and I think you and I have had yes. this conversation before, right? We close our Absolutely. eyes, and even yeah. us, who who by all definitions, are mathematicians, why is it that when yes. I close my eyes, I don't see me yes. reflected in that? Yes. Why is it that I see yes. my white colleague who's a male?
1: That's yes, right. That's right.
0: And so there's something really perverse about that, that like it is so oh my deeply God. Yes, ingrained it, yes. in my own being that I cannot yes. see myself when I say that word. Yes. Yes. Something needs to change, right? Because if you say teacher, yes. I see myself in that position. But like, I want to close mm, my eyes mm. at night and say, who is a mathematician? And be like, yeah, girl, like right here, I am a mathematician.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: And so for me, that part of it then is intricately tied with the things that are valued, whether they should or shouldn't. That's yes. a different, yes. you know, that's a different yes. competing perspective segment. But the things that are valued in this mathematical community tend to be papers, quality of papers, number of papers, funding, right? The things that we associate with places like a Research One institution. And so this is why I'm like, well, listen, folks, you know, if we're going to change what a little kid imagines a mathematician to look like, Mm -hmm. we need to be in those spaces, Mm -hmm.
1: We need to be there. Yes, yes, yes. That's powerful. And it is is this notion about, and this is good because I think we are arriving at what the issue is that we can either agree to disagree about or at least fundamentally see what this is about. And this is about, you know, how is it that young people are viewing mathematicians? Mm. How is this next generation seeing mathematicians? And so I think that you're saying that the traditional sense of mathematicians, we are not showing up, and when we do show up there, once we break these barriers and get to show up there, then we do get to change the narrative of Mm -hmm. what a mathematician is in the traditional sense. Yes, I get that. And I am suggesting that looking at this from the next generation's perspective, across the board, at these tons of teaching institutions, where if we have a ton of people there who are influencing, who are talking about difficult subjects, who are publishing once in a while, then this narrative of, oh, that's a mathematician, I think still holds and is still powerful. But I do see that we do need movement in the traditional sense. There is some sense of me not being optimistic, that that's hard, right? (laughs) Yeah, that we've got, there's a lot of fight to go there, but I, I do see that that's also very, very important.
0: I agree with you about the need to move there, And the fight is slightly different. But here's the perspective that I'm coming from. I remember when I took my tenure track job at Williams, I was ignorant. I did not know that Williams apparently was like one of the top liberal arts schools in the country. Let me me make that very, very Mm. clear. Mm. I knew nothing Mm. about Williams. I didn't know it existed. I had never heard of it in my life. I applied to the job simply because it said that they valued research and teaching. And it was a liberal arts education. And I thought, oh, that sounds like kind of the thing I want to do. Let me see how this goes. I got the job. Yeah. And I deferred for two years. I actually was like, nah. And, and we should talk about that interview I had at some point. That was, that's a yeah. story for another day.
1: I can't wait.
0: But I spent two years because I deferred my position. I spent two years. Freaking out because all of a sudden these folks were like, the thing that's important here is your research and your publications. And so I revved up my research and I realized that all of a sudden mm. people would listen to me, you know, and let's get real. Mm. I didn't change my person, my being, what I think, what I stand for, what I value has not changed. But yes. Yes. with a growth in my research publication record with my you know with all of that with everything that comes with a research trajectory all of a sudden my opinions mattered all of a sudden people Mm, wanted to mm. hear what i had to say but it felt like it was only after i had a research agenda after i had flourished mathematically that then people cared about actually listening Mm, to me mm. and about actually addressing issues within the system that prevented people like me from actually advancing. And so what I'm trying to bring to the table is that we have to, and I don't want to call it selfish. We need to put our masks on first before we help other people. So put on Mm. your mask to me means get your research going, get it flourishing, build Mm. those networks, get those collaborations strong so that then they're rolling down a big hill, right? Like they're just, Amassing some publications. And all of a sudden, I feel like the change that I can help bring to the math community is taken seriously.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And I get that. And it's true that when you decide to go the teaching route, right, to take your PhD from a particular place, I went to Carnegie Mellon, got a PhD there, and then went and just taught, taught, taught. And so there is an element of not really giving a damn about. Mm that space about whether people look at whether you go the traditional route of that space, right? Because you just, in a lot of ways, you just have a different mission, right? And so I've got a couple of mathematicians who finished at UNC, UNC Chapel Hill, and at Berkeley from a teaching institution. They went that route ultimately, right? And so I think the impact can be just as influential without having the traditional piece tied to it, right? So we would just have to look at where are people coming from, right? But you're having me thinking about the visibility of it. Mm. So, you know, there's something about at the end, suppose we take a person of color, you've made it, right? You've gotten there, you're a mathematician, and now you're making change there. But how, I guess the question is how you being seen now as a mathematician, with your racial identity, is tied to you being who you are Mm -hmm. and being outspoken. So do you have to be outspoken to be seen? So is this, in other words, is this problem going to settle, if we go your route, Yeah. is this problem just going to be settled by seeing more faces on its own, or will those faces actually have to speak up Mm. and do some advocacy, or will it just solve itself? Like, So suppose I just give up and say, okay, you're right. Let's everybody just go the research one route. And then will we still have to do some work or will simply our presence change the narrative?
0: Oh, I mean, that might, you might have gotten me. Now I'm in a hole. Now, <laughs> now I'm in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two thoughts here. So one is what happens when we, for the first time ever, have a woman who wins the field medal? That changed mm. stuff. Yes. What happens when we have yes, our first black field medalist? Yes. And so I guess that's what I'm aiming for. Right? I'm mm, aiming for that type of power. the visibility yes. okay. that comes from, as you named it, these traditional measures of success. I think yes. by no And so
1: that that person shows up in the New York Times. You know what that's I'm the saying? Top mathematician. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so
0: that, I mean, and that's a sheer level, you know, that's like three, four, five levels of visibility I wasn't thinking about originally as I'm speaking about getting more people in R1s. But, you know, somebody that I, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm totally ignorant, but do we know anybody who's ever been at a teaching institution win a Fields Medal?
1: No, no, of course not. And we're not expecting that to happen. No, not at all. I don't think so. But imagine the visibility
0: that comes from one of us. One of our yes. people winning that medal or one of our people winning the, the you know, whatever prize, the whatever, the most, yes. you know, yes. prestigious yes. of mathematical prizes. So that yes. changes the game to have people think about, you get movies made.
1: Yes. Right. Okay, you get <laughs> that's a right. movie. Yeah, no, that's... No, that's powerful. There is a point that I struggle with that, and that you will acknowledge that I struggle with as well as to why the R1 route is a struggle and that this process right now is still painful. Yeah, okay, let's just mm. be clear about that, right? So I know over the next few podcasts that we'll talk very clearly about how this process right now for us is not an easy one and it calls into question our own validity. It's a very hard thing And people are going to, and I'm not suggesting that the teaching route is easier. Oh, maybe I might be, right? But we do know that in terms of your health, you get called in the question when you try at an R1 institution to say, I'm so good, I get to be here forever, Mm. right? That people look at you like, are you sure, right? You better prove that to me. And we know how we have to roll in this country where we have to do things one and a half, two, two and a half times is better, as other people, right? For us to put all of our talent in the R one direction means that you know we're we're trying to we're putting a lot of people through a lot of stress, right? And some of them won't make it, yeah. right? So I struggle I mean, some about of us that didn't too. Didn't
0: make it. I didn't make it to the R one. And
1: That's a story for another podcast. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what I think as we as we you know wrap this up, I think that there are some themes here. One about how you see a mathematician, the Mm -hmm. visibility of a mathematician, and the levels in which visibility of mathematicians show up, right? I was focusing so much on in the classroom and what students in teaching institutions see in that. And that that, that might embolden them to become mathematicians, but you made the incredible argument that this national visibility, you know, that is also impactful in changing the narrative as well.
0: I'd like to add to, as you're thinking about the summary of points that we've hit, I think you're hitting one that we don't get to explore today in depth, but definitely we need to come back to, which is this, the pain in both of those trajectories, because right now we're having this kind of, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like right now we're having this like theoretical conversation about where do we need folks, but we're not talking about what it takes, what you give up. The yes. macro, micro, systemic issues That's that right. we have to overcome. The tears, the yes.
1: tears, yeah.
0: Yes. And yes. so we definitely, we're definitely going to have to come back and revisit that because we can't. Oh, we're
1: going there for sure. Guarantee. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because no, we can't yeah. be like, oh, PG version. Yeah, we need people have research one and teaching, and then ignore the fact that again, the it's the people who are there, and and that yes. we have a lot to overcome.
1: Absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So real talk. What were you actually rooting for? Because <laughs> like I said.
1: Oh, I'm rooting for teaching the whole way. Yeah. I mean, I'm a teacher. Yeah. I've, I've made the switch. Mathematician, you know, graduating from Carnegie Mellon with a PhD, I was a mathematician for sure. And then towards the end of my graduate school experience, I definitely switched my identity, I think, to being a teacher first, then a mathematician after that. So that's where I'm lying for sure. Okay.
0: So for me, I started as a... Complete teacher. Like I was just like, I want, you mm. know, when I actually went to go get a PhD because I wanted to work at the community college that I started at. That literally was the first conversation I ever had mm. with the chair of the department. I am here to get a PhD so that I could go work at Milwaukee Area Technical College. And, wow. uh, and I got that PhD. And then he said, so you're going to go take this combat pay? And then I laughed because he wasn't talking about me taking my position at West Point. He was talking about combat pay because he thought that the job was so terrible at MATC that this is why you got paid more money. (laughs) So
1: the irony, again,
0: a conversation for another day. But then I went to West Point and the teaching was extremely intense. I mean, to the point where I started missing math in a way that I had never experienced. And it it gave me Mm -hmm. a way to to process just time alone. You know, it gave me time alone. I mean, I'm a huge extrovert. People that know me know I will spend any waking minute just talking to people. But part of me really wanted that time to just think deeply about something without being interrupted and so yes. I rediscovered yes. my love for research and I think but it also came from a deep fear. A deep place of of mm. feeling like maybe I will never be good enough. And the stress of taking a job at Williams where I kept getting told that if I wasn't going to get tenure, it was because of my research. And so I put mm. all of my energy into it. And and then I brought students along the ride. You know, I was like, listen, if, yes. if, you know, if I have to do this, I want to do it with people that I really like. And all of a sudden that opened doors for me in ways that I never anticipated. And so, yeah, so I definitely moved from being just... Teaching, meaning not that I think just is a bad thing. I mean, in terms of my time, where I wanted to spend my time. And then I moved into more of this position where I really see the value in both. And I see how my research really contributes positively to the things I do in my classroom and vice versa. I, you know, I've had students in my classes who say, wait, professor, why is that true? And I'm like, I have no idea. We should write a paper about that. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, it has become this interplay. Like for me, my research is to better my teaching and my teaching allows me to ask better questions in my research. Yes,
1: that's powerful.
0: Awesome.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, no, that was awesome. Yeah. And yeah, that's just a taste. So yeah, we got some really tough ones coming you know, in the competing perspective. So I'm looking forward to that for sure with you. As we check out, we got some takeaways and announcements. Yes. So again, please check out the website at minoritymath.org. Get in there, check out the calendar. We got some stuff coming up.
0: Yes, the math pages are launched today, October 9th. And so this is Mathematicians of the African Diaspora. It's been a long-term coming project. I believe it originally started in the 90s. And they're getting completely relaunched. So please, please, please check them out. Give them some love. We also have Hispanic Heritage Month. So that's currently ongoing. That gets celebrated in the United States from September 15th to October 15th. And I mentioned earlier Latism, so dot org. We feature a Latinx Hispanic mathematician during Hispanic Heritage Month. So check that out. And again, all of this you can find on the Center's webpage under the calendar tab. We also have MathFest, which is happening again, currently, right now, virtually. So you can finish listening to our podcast and then click on another link and check out MathFest. And then we're
1: doing some webinars, right? Webinars for Advocating for Students of Color on the 16th of October, the November 13th and December 11th that is Pamela, myself, and uh, Michael Young. Um, so where can they find more about that? That's also going to be at the center, right? Yes. So that's in conjunction with uh, AMS. That and so right? we had our first one. So we're, we were advocating for students in our classrooms. And in general, it, the question is, how do we advocate for students of color? So we've already had some people make some changes in the departments already. Listen, that's great. Yeah, I know, I know. So we're going to talk about that definitely on October 16th. We're really excited to keep that going. You can find more about that also at the center's website, minoritymath.org.
0: Excellent. And again, we want you to stay in touch with us. We are but a collection of folks bringing these news to you and having these discussions with you about these real and complex topics. And so reach us, at, mu at minoritymath.org. That's going to be our podcast direct link to us. And so,
1: that's right. Yeah, yeah, we're
0: excited to hear from you. Let us know what you might like us to discuss. If you have any ideas for segments, we're also eager to hear from our community about that.
1: Fantastic. Okay. I think we made it. I think it. we
0: did. First podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. History in the making, I hope. So thank you all for joining us. We're going to catch you in a couple of weeks. We appreciate you listening to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex, but never discreet. I'm Dr. Aria Swinger. Thank you, everybody.
0: Bye. See y'all later.